One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast where we take a walk through our guests' lives using the music of their past as a guide. Our guest today is Mark Massaro. Mark is a full-time professor of English at FSW and an adjunct instructor at FGCU, teaching composition, literature, and creative writing. He was born and raised in Danvers, Massachusetts, a small portside town just north of Boston, and he moved to Fort Myers in 2003, experiencing extreme culture shock. After working many retail and server jobs throughout his wayward 20s, he went back to school, enrolling in FGCU's English program, and eventually receiving his master's degree. He's a short story writer, a reader, a book collector, and a concert addict. Mark is living the dream with his loving wife, their two-year-old son, and their golden retriever. Mark and I hit it off so well, I kind of couldn't believe we weren't already friends before the podcast began. So let's get to it. Hey there, Mark. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. So when you moved to Fort Myers, what was the most culture shocky thing about it? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, well, I grew up in Danvers, Massachusetts, which is a small portside middle class suburban town in Massachusetts, like 20 minutes from Boston. And then... I, you know, when you grow up in a place, you just assume everything's normal for you. Mm-hmm. And then I moved here, and I was like, oh, there aren't Patriots fans every- everywhere. <laughs> Why are there gated communities everywhere? That's weird. Uh, like, even, like, you know, I mean, I grew to love this place. But at first, I was like, hey, there's some kids over there partying, too, like, in the park. Let's all hang out together. And people I was with were like, don't talk to people you don't know. Huh. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And, like... It's probably just because our town was so small where I grew up. Like, most of our high school teachers had our parents. Uh-huh. And it was just that kind of close-knit, small community. And then coming here and then seeing this town had, like, more than one high school, I was like, what? how the hell does that happen? Um, based on your email address, which I will not give away to the public, I expected <laughs> yeah. you to have more of a Boston-y kind of accent. Well, when I have a beer in me, it usually comes out. <laughs> well, we're going to drink some eggnog here in a little nice. bit, so we'll see if we can get it to That come was out. my nickname when I moved here. Everyone just started calling me that. And I didn't even know I had an accent until I moved here, which was 2003. So. Wait, what did they call you, Boston? No, yeah. Boston Mock. Oh, no, yeah, Boston Mock. <laughs> oh, okay. Everyone like has, like, is your name spelled M-A-H-K? And I said, no, there's an R in there. And they're like... Oh, do they teach the R? I'm like, yes. So it's like I felt like, you know, a monkey to like just, you know, dance monkey. Like say park the the car. (laughs) Uh, I can tell you culturally uh, we had the opposite thing because I grew up in Miami and then we moved to Georgia for a few years. And so like we were, you know, my family, we'd walk down the street and people, hey, good morning. How are you? know, Hello. How are you doing? And my dad would be like, what do you want? Like what's don't. Yeah, I'm like that now. (laughs) (laughs) But back there I wasn't. Um, so what was the musical background of your childhood there in uh, Danver? Danvers. Um, okay, Danvers. ready? Um, you ever see The Perfect Storm? Yeah. Uh, Hocus Pocus, that new uh, Adam Sandler movie that was awful. It just came out. Um, Hubby Halloween. Per- yeah, yeah. Um, all those movies were like from my town. Uh-huh. So like that's a kind of like fall. Like, you know, it actually was traditionally Salem. But then around the 1700s, Danvers split off from Salem. And so it was like all of the Salem witch trials happened in Danvers. Huh. But all the tourists go to Salem for like the name, mm. but like all the historical land is Danvers. So, so. Do you, um, 
<laughs> pardon me because this is not what we do here in Florida. Does, are you saying that at Halloween, like like Hollywood Halloween is what Halloween was like yes. in your house? Yes, and that's why it was very odd when I moved here because I never know what month it is just based on weather. <laughs> I, you know, when people tell me Happy Halloween or Merry Christmas, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's November, December. Did you grow up being aware of the history of the town? Oh, yeah. Every field trip I had was to, you know, some right. witch event or we went into Boston to go on the, the uh, duck boats and every uh, field trip was just kind of recycled. But then when I moved here, everyone here told me like, oh, I grew up going to the Edison home every year. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So um, what kind of music was being played around you? Like what was well, your um, what were your folks listening to? What were you listening to, et cetera? I remember Sound of Music was just kind of on on a loop. Huh. Throughout my childhood, so Julie Andrews was definitely <laughs> not just that once a year when it came out on <laughs> no. TV, but it, it was oh, all no. the time. We had the double disc, uh-huh. um, double cassette tape, sound of music. Was that coming from your mom? Yeah. Okay. How'd you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Coin toss. Yeah. Um, so that was always kind of like encouraged to be on or uh, Mary Poppins, but I re- I don't remember a lot of music playing, but I remember a lot of singing. My dad would always sing like Roy Orbison, uh, Elvis. You know, the Righteous Brothers, Moody Blues. Um, do you guys know the Kingston Trio? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're still around today. That Charlie, in a weird way. That's why the uh, subway passes are called Charlie Passes in Boston because of that oh. song hmm. about Charlie on the MTA. He, he got on and then the, the uh, money went up for it, so then he couldn't get off. But then everyone on, <laughs> everyone's always like, why doesn't his wife just hand him money instead of his lunch every day? Because that's part of the song. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Um, uh, the guest that we recorded the episode on Friday is a musician who lives in Nashville, and one of the bands he's played with over the years is the Kingston Trio, because there's yeah. still some version of them that's just oh, yeah. still trucking down the road today. Yeah, kind of like the Almond Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I just, re- like, that was my parents, but then my sister is three years older than me, so, like, you know, around 93, 94, she was rocking, like, a lot of Nirvana, Soul Asylum, Pearl Jam. Green Day. Um, Were you digging that? I, like, wanted to because I wanted to connect with my sister because, like, you know, we grew up best friends and then you hit the teen years and then you're, like, nemesis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah then you're, and, like, lifetimes apart. Yeah, and then you get, <laughs> like, around the 20s, you get back together. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, I was kind of faking it, like, oh, this is really good. And at the time I would think, like, oh, my God, this is such angry music. And then I hear <laughs> it now and I'm like, it wasn't, like – that what's bad the, it was the 90s it was the ni- what's the um, what's the one that was like the easiest for you to get and which one did you kind of never really I always loved Nirvana even because I heard that unplugged one when I was like kind of oh, young yeah, and exactly. I was like oh I didn't know you could take a song full band and then just like strip it down to acoustic mm-hmm. so like I thought like that's like amazing but um which it is yes but I remember she had she liked this band Green Jello. Oh yeah, I know. They used to sing "Little Pig." Yeah, "Little Pig," "Little Pig." Pig. Let me, yeah, and there's I, a three "Little Pig" song. I just couldn't. It's like um, it's like kind of like Primus. Yeah, a little bit. But she did record "New Kids on the Block" a lot, but she like recorded like a set tape and would constantly play like their music videos. So one day when I was like eight or something, I cut it because uh-huh. <laughs> my wow. brother. I just probably wanted attention or something. But then, like, I knew, Do you like, remember that moment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. I have a scary good memory. But I remember, like, freaking out, like, oh, crap, and then taping it back together. And then she was watching it once, and then you could see, like, go by the screen where, like, it was all taped. And then I just, like, sat there, like, oh. One of my uh, 
family's stories, and I don't have a memory of this, thank goodness, except being punished for it. Um, my daughter, my stop, my daughter, my sister Megan, her hair, her hair had never been cut, and she was like three, <laughs> and I cut it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my mom still holds that against me. <laughs> that's, like, oh. that's awful. Um, so if if the music your sister was listening to that you wanted to like was uh, too angry and the sound of music was over here what was in what was like what were you I, resonating like, secretly with secretly always liked old music like 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and i remember like in the 90s you know you like trl was always on and like that was like the current thing to be a part of but i remember i got um forrest gump soundtrack daisy oh, confused yeah. soundtrack and then like i kind of well, was like tapes probably then but I remember I had to kind of like hide it just because, you know, it was like 60s music. And if you're in middle school and you're playing stuff from like the 50s and 60s, it's not like the coolest thing ever. But I was like secretly like loving that stuff. And like now today, like I'll still make my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, I found Bob Dylan at like Gaslight from like whatever. It's super rare. He's like, how do you get all this stuff? I'm like, it's from your generation. You know, you should have this. Yeah. You know what's weird? In t- Today, this year, that would be like a song from the 90s. I know. Like some kid in school who Man, who likes Pearl that. Jammer or no, Alanis Morissette. The worst thing, because, um, like, you know, the first semester I started teaching at FGCU and now I'm at FSW, um, I remember I was, like, super excited and nervous. It's my first class. And then I'm used to, like, being a student and engaged and talking and all friends. But no one was talking, and I was like, crap, how am I going to get all these kids to talk? And we're all just sitting there staring at each other. So then I just every time before class, now I play YouTube, and I just put on whatever I like. But then, you know, they start shutting out requests, too, mm-hmm. and then it's fine. And they try to shock me. And I'm like, hey, man, it's all art. Like, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not that old. But uh, one time, it was like the first week or something, I was playing when um, Bush played Glycerine in the Rain. Oh, I think yeah. it, was, it might have been a Woodstock, like 90-something. But um, someone's like, oh, who is this? This is new? And I was like, no, this is like from the early 90s. And they're like, who is it? I'm like, it's Bush. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, Gavin Rosdale. So then they're like, who's Gavin Rosdale? I'm like, oh, it's Gwen Stefani's ex-husband. And they're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are like. Six oh, degrees of relevance. Breaking my heart right now. Uh, did you ever play an instrument when you were a kid? No. Anybody in your family? No. We had a record player, like a big one, like along the wall, and there was records in it. But my sister and I would play Frisbee with it because, like, we didn't, we didn't know. And I remember flinging an LP before yeah. my kid my life. I got a guitar, an acoustic guitar, like when I moved here around 2003, 2004. You know, I was like an emotional, like, you know, early 20-year-old. I'm like, I'm going to learn guitar. And then <laughs> Richard's nodding, yes. And then... <laughs> I learned, like, a few songs pretty much for just, like, bonfire entertainment. And then immediately, like, I think I just got, like, a life again. And then just went, like, out all the time. And then that thing just sat in the corner collecting dust. And it's, like, mocking me all the time now because I haven't picked it it's up. It's still there? Yes. Actually, I sold it. But then when I met my wife, she's like, I knew you had a guitar and you were bummed about getting rid of it. So I got you one. And I was like, oh, thanks, honey. But, no, like, <laughs> so it's just as unplayed. In my, yeah. in my head, it's the same guitar. Yeah. Like yeah. She bought it, and it just happens it's to like be the It's like the boat when you replace all the parts. It's still the same boat. No, I just, it'll haunt, it'll, it keeps coming back. You'll break well, it's it, like so hanging on it. the wall. <laughs> like, you know? You and, should try and it. it looks nice. I know. And then when I take it down, I, I, I still have uh, Burn One Down by yeah, ben, yeah. ben Harper. Yeah, yeah. 
and then that's it. The rest is gone. That's that's your entire repertoire. Yeah, I wish I had. Um, before we get to it. your first song, um, first music you owned, do you remember? Yes. <laughs> this is very 90s. I remember specifically having money and going to like Sam Goody at the mall. Um, I got, uh, what's it called? Oh, crap. I, I, yes! <laughs> Wait, what is it? Hootie and the Blowfish oh. and Nirvana Unplugged. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone had that Hootie album back mm-hmm. in the day. We are trying to get him on this show. Oh, yeah. um, he's um, um, Amy Shoemaker, our vice or associate, what's her title? Uh, she's the associate GM of content. content. Uh, she's from South Carolina. She knows a producer up there that knows his producer or something. So we've been working for like two years, and we've gotten a lot of he'll do it. We just haven't worked out the timing yet. And I'm going to have to really resist not calling him Hootie. Yeah. Because that's not I his mean, name. <laughs> I'd probably drop a few Hooties. We're trying to figure out. Richard and I have spent way too much time talking about whether we're going to ask him. <laughs> I just want to. What would Hootie do? No, I want to ask him. Um, if, no, like, whether if, like, he gets a kick out of it yeah, or like, whether he just wants to punch you on the teeth. So, do you know that there's a? Do you know the Keeney Peel sketch? Yeah. So like, right? Like, I'm not Hootie. Like, and people don't understand <laughs> that he's not Hootie. Like, I'm trying to figure out. If, if, like, he thinks that's funny, or if he's like, yeah, that's real, and I don't like it. Well, I mean, Cause, cause I the, well, this is the 90s, and he was Hootie, so he <laughs> should embrace so it. And he's not, at least he's not a blowfish. Yeah, so. it's better to be Hootie than the blowfish. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a maxim. Okay, first song. My first song, it took me, so, it's so hard to choose three songs, because half of you wants to go with the songs you love, and then the other half is like, well, what actually means something to my life? So that was like a huge issue to deal with. But my first song is God of Wine by Third Eye Blind. Um, it's the last song on their self-titled album. And it, you know, remember when you were like drunk on youth, like you were invincible mm-hmm. and like nothing would happen and you had that group of friends. Um, it was like, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, just got my license in like 99, I never went home really. Like I had a very loving house, but... I kind of had the freedom to just kind of stay out because it was such a small town. Everyone kind of trusted everyone. So an ideal night would be bonfires, trying to find a way to get alcohol, which was usually bribing the like homeless guys under the Salem Bridge to like buy us alcohol. Or we were very creative. We used to kind of hop <laughs> neighbors' fences to pool houses because all of them had mini fridges. Uh-huh. So we figured that there would be alcohol. So you were a thief. No, I was just a wayward youth, and, you know, better than doing that than other yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, like, an ideal night would be, you know, getting a bunch of beer, going in the woods, having a huge bonfire. Like, sometimes most of the town was there or other towns. And then, like, we'd, like I had a hardcore group of friends, and most of us would either just be at, like, Matt's house having a bonfire or at Brian's house. We'd, like, rent a house in Maine for the weekend. We'd go into Boston. We'd go camping. And it was just, like, this invincible time that was, like, like I should have been cherishing that, that time and those people because before you know it, we all graduated. And then, like, all of the couples that were going to be together forever were, like, starting to break up. You're like, what the hell? And then our friend Nick died in a car accident. And then 9-11 happened a month later. And then people moved away. And then I finally moved away. And then ever since then, it's like, we didn't know anything. <laughs> but it was such a, like, perfect time of a closeness. You made your own family, you know. And this song always reminds me of those nights because right when I was 16 and a half to 17, if you were, if you were six, 17 and under, you'd have to have your car in by midnight. It was, like, part of the learner's permit thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then the last like hour or two of the night, my girlfriend from high school, we would leave wherever we were early and like leave the group of friends. And then we'd go park out in front of her house for like the last hour or two of the night and put the seats back and just talk and like, you know, talk about life and first love stuff. And then like I had a pager, a beeper with <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> with the time set for like eleven fifty to let me know like yeah. I had to go. And then when that pager went off, it was like I was going off to war. You know, even though we'd see each other twelve hours later right. or something. She learned to hate the sound of that pager. Oh yeah. It was very like emotional. Like, oh my God. Like I'll call you in like five minutes when I get home. But um You would do like a Pavlovian thing. <laughs> yeah. It was like traumatic when that pager would go off. But we we played that um, the last three songs of that album. It was um, the background motorcycle drive by, which played on here a few weeks ago. Yes, it did. And God of Wine ended it, and we just keep looping those three songs. And then um, we was on a disc man. T- remember, like the disc oh, yeah. man was a, the, disc it man. had the tape anti shock technology. Oh yeah, it was always on <laughs> <And> bass boost. <laughs> but we had that the tape converter. Uh-huh. It was my Nissan Sentra. It was like a '94 or something. And then we had that disc man in the center. And we would just end every night just listening to those three songs over and over and over. So when I hear the song, I just think of like first, you know, parties, first group of friends, first love, first like invincible youth. And then it kind of is all mortgage payments now and being a responsible parent and, uh, you know, having an education and a professor. That youth is like wasted on the young. Do you remember the pager number? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's listen to this. Uh, God of Wine by Third Eye Blind off their 1997 self-titled album. What did it feel like listening to it here? It sounds so good on these <laughs> headphones, but like the drums in this song are so good every single time I hear it, but it just like peaked. But I met them, Third Eye Blind, when... um. I saw them at the House of Blues in Orlando, and I saw them here in Fort Myers when they were here a few years ago. But um, I drove up to the House of Blues with another girlfriend at the time, and then we, it was like an awesome show. We were front row, um, you know, just crammed to the front. And the, he was like in my face with this song, and I was just like screaming because it was so good. And then afterwards, we met the like opening band, and we are like, hey, you guys are good. It was like Radio Heady-ish. Radio Heady. Radio Heady. Do you remember the name? No. Okay. But I said, like, hey, you guys are kind of like Radioheady. And then um, they were like, yeah, come to, like, the bar with us. We're all partying after. And we're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I asked my girlfriend, you want to go? It's like, you know. And then she's like, we've got nothing else to do. We're in Orlando for the night. So we went to the bar. And then when we were sitting with the band, uh, Third Eye Blind came in and sat with us. And I was like, holy sh**. So then <laughs> I was like, dude. Uh, you guys were amazing, and they were like, "Yeah, we saw your front row." And they were the nicest guys. We I, remember yeah. you. <laughs> I told <laughs> the the drummer, "I'm like, dude, your drums on God of Wine are like in- intense." And then I told uh, the lead singer Stephen Jenkins, "I'm like, dude, you don't know what God of Wine means to me. I mean, I like grew up like some of the best times with that song when I was a kid." And then he's, I'm like, you know, um, I was just like sitting in the car with my first girlfriend, and it was just like this, like you know, very nostalgic time. And then he's like, yeah, I just met Bono last week, and I told him the exact same thing about one of his records. Wow. So now hearing this from you is like circularity happening. And I was like, whoa. 
He bought us drinks. We bought him drinks. He was drinking red wine. I was like, God, wine. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, we're like, hey, come to a party with us at the hotel. And he's like, oh, thanks, guys. No, thanks. So he was super nice, though. He, like, bought, you know, everyone drinks. Girls were being, like, brought up to him. And he was just like, nice to meet you. And then it turns out he's, a like, a liter- literature major. So we huh. talked about books for, like, an hour. And then he was a super nice guy. Awesome. And the, you knowing what a song story back then, you beat us by... 20 years <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and what i was in fact imagining during listening to that i'd never heard it before it's a good song i like it um you know you said all those movies are filmed up there in your hometown i was like if there's like a bio like mark massaro biopic <clears throat> that would be the montage from that time oh yeah you know you could see cut scenes and bonfires well and- it's like i like how there's like a softness at the beginning mm-hmm. and then it still jams out like towards the end so like you have a little bit of two songs in there that's the that's the um that's that's the end of the third act like yes. main character running down the street when you're running like to catch the plane to, yeah that's that's the song that plays in the yes. background oh man remember in the '90s movies when they show people running th- through an entire airport all the way to a gate yeah oh my oh. favorite movie ever almost famous yeah and he's running alongside and he's awkwardly waving that's it's not a thing so <laughs> funny that you said almost famous because just a second ago when you said you were talking to the third eye guy third eye blind drummer you went to describe his drums and I thought you were going to say incendiary. <laughs> Because that's what the kid says. I'm incendiary too, man. That's what the kid says when he first gets their attention at the bottom of the loading ramp at the beginning of the movie. My favorite movie. Oh, I can quote it. They just had the reunion. Did you see the reunion? No, I didn't. uh, Podcast? No. I just set my daughter down three weeks ago and said, "You got to watch this." Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end, she was like, "I have the uh, like the Criterion like three hour version." If you haven't seen that one, I have not seen the three hour version. I knew there was must be a longer version because I watched. There was an entire scene cut where they make the mom listen to "Stairway to Heaven" in its entirety, and it's just this sort of awkward scene because it's just going from people's faces for seven minutes. And then the the, uh, daughter's ex boyfriend's there too, and he's just like air drumming next to the mother. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, incendiary. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) Um, Real quick, um, I, until like 2010, I was working here at WGCU. I was producing a show. I was the morning edition host, and I was driving a 1995 Jeep Cherokee. <clears throat> with a CD thing sitting between the console, the, plugged the into five my t- disc pl- ones? No, no, a, a disc man oh, yeah. plugged into my my. Twenty uh, ten? No, it was two thousand five. Oh, okay. I mean, ninety five. Oh. But in two thousand ten, I was still driving it. <laughs> so my point is, is I was a professional radio person using a tape adapter. Nice. So they were ahead of their time. They were the head of their time. I missed them. Um, so when did you write your first short story? Oh wow. Um, I've kind of always been writing. I remember I wrote like a Batman story when I was like five on my typewriter or something. How'd it go? I mean, it was like a paragraph, but I thought like, <laughs> and when I stood in front of our fireplace and read it, my family like all stood up. And oh, no, like, I meant standing... how no, the story go. Oh, oh. I just remember. <laughs> how like, was the response? <laughs> I remember Batman finding his Batmobile's tire flat and then he found um, Catwoman's claw sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. And then that's all I really remember. That's pretty creative. The yeah. detective. Yeah. Yeah, the great, world's greatest detective. <laughs> so uh, is that what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Was a writer? I I didn't – I always appreciated literature. Like even I just remember like serving tables and like working retail and I always had like a novel somewhere. And it was kind of like the only thing that made me feel like, you know, connected to something because retail kind of just destroys you a little bit. But I didn't know I could have a career out of it. So then – 
you know, after my 20s were a little wayward and <laughs> reckless. And then I met my wife and she was like, we're not going to have that anymore. So I got back to school. And then like, you know, it was around 2015, I started to write a lot more. Okay. And then I discovered, you know, um, you know, submissions and how you can send them out to literary magazines. So I started to do that. And then before you knew it, like one of them was picked up and I was like, holy crap. And then, you know, it's like, I had to go. <laughs> oh, that was Applewood, and that was like really sweet. It was like a four parts thing of a boy and then a teenager. And then I meant a... how was it received? Oh, it was good. It was actually it was, no, in, it was in Mangrove. So like you know, cool. oh, it cool. was cool doing a reading though because like I didn't know I'd be nervous until you actually right got like oh cool a reading. We'll all sit around and be like snooty, super intense. Yeah, and then like I stood up and I was like oh. Shit. My hand's shaking. Why is my hand shaking? And then I realized, like, oh, crap, public speaking is, like, a little intense. And get putting yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. But every, like, 50 rejections, I'll get a publication. Dang. So it's just, just like... plugging away. And I wrote a novel, which is awful and will never see the light of day. <laughs> like, I opened the first page and was like, oh, look at that grammar error. Okay, I oh, repeated oh, and wow. 17 times in one sentence. You can edit it. I know, but it's, it's <laughs> like, you know, very... Uh, you know, You've moved past hedonistic, it. <laughs> yeah, and it was like twenty one when I wrote it, but it's this good like three or four hundred pages, and that's in the bottom drawer in the safe, and it's not going. You know anywhere. what you should do is you should uh, do you have it as a digital file? Yeah, you should dump it into like Word, and they have this auto summarize feature, and oh, you can oh. say take you make it this into a thousand words and see oh, what really? it turns into. Yeah, you yeah. can set a, it'll go through and look for how many words are used how often, and it'll try to. It'll be a disaster. I can still kind of take credit for it. But it might be fun yeah. just to see, you know, the short version of your yeah. story. Um, uh, so you, why did you move to Florida? Okay, so <laughs> um, my mom passed away when I was 10. She had cancer. So then, you know, my dad raised my sister and I. Um, you know, he became like both parents in one. Um, he could, like totally developed mother's intuition for things too. He would show up and be like, put a helmet on. And I'd be like, all right, dad. And then, like, an hour later, I'd, like, a fall A tree would my, fall on yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I'm like, Fur. So, um, you know, he did a really, really, really good job. It, like, we were already close before, but then after my mom died, we all got – the three of us got super close. And then I graduated high school, and it was, you know, I was 18, 19, not really at home much. My sister was away at college, and then my dad was just kind of chilling in this house. Like, you know, I was waiting for you kids to graduate, and I didn't want to rip you out and change your life more. So he's like, I'm I'm going to Florida. So I was like, okay. Um, I was like, had a chip on my shoulder because of the age, and also because like that's my childhood home. I like love that house. Yeah. So then I st- I'm like, I'm going to stay here, and like you know, d- you know, be an adult. And then I lasted like two months. Mm-hmm. I uh, you know, lived in my friend's couch for a little while in Salem. Crashed at my like high school buddy's house, who was away at college, but his parents like loved me, so they just kind of like let me chill. And then finally, they were like, I was like, all right, Dad, uh, can I come down? He's like, yeah, dude, I've had this bedroom waiting for you. So I'm like, all right. So I came down around 2003. And you were how old then? I was 20. 20, okay. Yep. And I knew it all. This is like the beginning of a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it it veered to the left sharply very soon. <laughs> um, so what was the first job you got when you moved down here? Um, and we're down here. Oh, like, I first got Fort here. Fort Myers, Fort Lee Myers. County. Yep, so, like um, right, like a block where I live from right now. Um, Which is where, approximately. Uh, um, we don't need by, to. By uh, that hospital. What's it called? There's a lot. There's like four. 
I know. Lee Memorial? Yes. Oh, you so you live in Fort Myers, Fort yeah. Myers. Okay. It's like South Fort Myers. That's not South Fort Myers. South Fort Myers starts at the bell tower. Okay, well, maybe it's a different <laughs> hospital, then. Oh, the Gulf Coast so Health Center. The glo- Gloria, glo- glo- what's, the, what's the Children's Hospital? Glorisano. Oh, Golisano. Yeah, I'm oh, right over yeah. there. Oh, I think I'm at Lee Memorial. That's downtown Fort Myers. No, no towards, not there. You're right towards the beach. Yeah. I'm by, People uh, who don't live in Fort Myers are like, why are they talking sorry, about this everybody. stuff? Um, I'm by that, yeah, um, Applebee's. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Called? <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays They're the same is on thing. my street. <laughs> those, yeah. those are the same yeah. thing, just different letters. Yeah, it's good. My first job was Wins in Mango Bay. Because mm-hmm. I figured, like, oh, this is where people work. And then, uh, <laughs> um, like, the people I worked with were, like, intense. <laughs> I remember doing the job interview. I'm like, what is this guy doing, like, behind the desk? Cause he was just, like, doing drugs, like, right out in the open. Wow. Which is fine with me. But, like, during a job interview, I thought it would be a little <laughs> bit more professional. Do you want some eggnog? <laughs> um, yeah. Right now? Okay. <laughs> Here, you, you take over. I'm going to narrate. So what's occurred is that um, I, I make real... Hardcore eggnog. I love eggnog. Like, I make it from scratch. I make it with raw egg whites, all that stuff. And uh, it's become a tradition of mine to give out little jars of it at Christmas time. And so Mike has uh, his jar. Thank you. Oh, and uh, that's pre bourboned. So, in the event that. Thank you. Eggnog with bourbon in it. During an interview. Sorry, yeah. Richard, you don't get any. Oh, that's okay. I have plenty at home. Damn, that's good. I figure you've had enough. Yeah. That's like smooth. Thanks. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. Yeah, that's how I roll. It's mm. It ain't Christmas if there's no eggnog. So. Well, that's tasty. Oh, thanks. So, oh, that's Wait, it. Are we recording right yeah, now? Yeah, this is all on tape. Okay. It's yeah. all part of the show. Yeah, so, um, all right, eggnog. Eggnog. So, uh, so how did that? You so see, you got the job there, and then I yeah. just, I just, you kind of painted a picture of having some retail jobs. Just kind of skip through them real fast, so we can. Get um, it. I work after that. Uh, I mean, I did construction, storm screen installation. Um, I worked at a coffee shop for six years. I remember um, at Bell Tower, the Black Hawk Cafe. I used to go there. So just three times total in my life. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. just like really leaning into the writer. Yeah, <laughs> like aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I had Slaughterhouse Five in my back pocket. <laughs> Um, Kurt Vonnegut, a big hero of yours? No. No? <laughs> no, I just remember at the time reading that. Uh, I like a lot of rebellious stuff, like Kerouac, uh, Bukowski, uh, the romantics. Um, you know, Bukowski early for me is like Nirvana was for you when you yeah. were a kid. Just he's, They're kind of along he's the too, same. But he's too much for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he has some good ones and some bad ones. And, you know, Jane Austen's like a hardcore rebellious writer, too. Like, yeah, I've yeah. had some awesome courses here. So that's why I'm like kind of promoting that now when I teach. But like, it's all about the subtlety and like rebellion against culture. So I like to like, hmm. it's just really interesting because like a lot of the books and stories that like are rebellious and banned suddenly become like the defining moment of a culture. Mm-hmm. Like, so I always tell students like the best way to learn about a culture is to learn about the art that came from it. If you read history books and numbers, you don't really get the same effect but if you look at the art that came from it you're like wow why was that like why was there so much dystopian stuff in the 80s like i just think it's because technology was like going insanely like progressive but um what was i talking about i don't know this, okay, is, the, cool. this is the good part of the show <laughs> <laughs> best concert experience uh, of your life oh, oh i think Oh, I can't say best concert experience. Best, What's the best, best Dave show. No, 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 wait. You thought of one when he asked the question, though. You thought of one. What was the first one that popped in your head? <laughs> uh, well, actually, you know what was really cool? Going to Dave, like because he does that, um, you know, Tampa show, two West Palm shows. 
Um, I remember, like, as I was getting older, I'm like, maybe I should stop going to concerts so much. And then friends told me, like, hey, Neil Young showed up last night. I was like, oh, son of a b-. And then they also said, we met a dude in the parking lot that had, like, a bunch of lobsters and steaks because he owns a restaurant. So we were just eating lobsters, and then we saw Neil Young. So I'm like, all right, I got to keep going to concerts. But I remember right when I, like, um, submitted my application to the uh, master's program here at FGCU for the English program. And then, like, they're like... You know, I knew everybody because I thought, you know, we're all friends. But they're like, your application will be under review. And I was like, oh, all right. That's weird. And then, like, remember a month later, I went to Dave in Tampa alone. And my wife was su- surprised me with the ticket. And she's like, you know, you go and stuff and have fun. And then I remember right before the lights went down, I got an email that says, like, congratulations. You've been, like, you know enrolled in the oh, wow. English oh. program hey. the master's degree and I was like <gasps> and then like the lights shut off and then the band came on the stage and I was like ah and it was like even more of that like energy it was awesome remember what that first song was by chance no I no. had no idea um, how many times have you seen Dave over 40 over 40 Whoa. yes is that your most Actually, seen act yeah who's I don't I think I've seen Third Eye Blind well I've seen a couple bands twice Tom Petty I saw it twice Almond Brothers Skinnerd, um, Third Eye Blind, Guster. So I keep seeing like Dave a lot and a couple other bands twice or three times. And I'm just trying to see as much as I can before they're like they're all gone. Right. So, what was the last thing you saw before things shut down? Dylan at Barber wow. B Man. Which oh, like man. It was okay. Yeah, I was expecting I heard like that. Yeah. Well I looked up the set list because I'm like, oh I wonder what he's playing this tour. So, like, I just wanted to get an idea of what might be the top few. And he had the same set list for, like, the last 50 shows. Wow. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So, you know, and then, like, halfway through it, he would change the songs. So, I'm like, is this Shelter from the Storm? Oh, it is. But it's, like, not yeah. Shelter from the Storm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'd have to listen to the lyrics to realize it was. But um, my wife was pregnant then. So... <laughs> Little Dominic was kicking in the belly. I'm like, oh, he's a Dylan fan. Good. <laughs> I appreciate why he would want to do that, what you're describing. He but can. I hate it. I hate it so much because if I want to hear Shelter from the Storm, man, I want to hear Shelter if from the Storm. If anyone can just change their Not stuff. Not like sort of a rocky him. version that's just, you know, yeah, I'm going to just say the words to a different melody practically. They were just like, no photos. And then, like, you know, some dude would try to take one and they would get, like, rush him out. It was just very, like, you know, Not deceptive. conformed and tight. It's and like he sold out to Atlantic Records for $37 billion or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but the guy's like this American cultural icon. Oh, so I know. And when I, I hear, I mean, that'll come into play in my third song, though. Okay. Well, we're going to get to your second song now. Okay. Uh, uh, it's it's by Dave. Yes. It's by, <laughs> I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's the thing, is that, like, when I first heard this band, I was like, like okay, that's fine. It's confusing though because some of their their songs, ti- the song titles aren't in the song. Right. So I was used to the '90s of like stanza chorus, stanza mm-hmm. chorus, chorus. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Dave would be like stanza, 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 chorus. <laughs> right. And I'd be like, what the hell? He can't do that. Five minute bridge. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, especially when I saw them live, I'm like, he's changing the lyrics. Like, and then like that three minute song's 45 minutes right now. Yeah. And like, you know, the my. 90s brain like was just kind of exploding of like he can't do that and then that's when I was like oh they're just improving because we had like all of that you know the music videos of the 90s are all in the same outfits and like doing the dances they're they're doing like jazz throwing it around and taking turns and stuff I remember I was like 14 or 15 when I saw them some older kids took me and I remember like leaving the concert and my friend Ken had a jeep 
and like I was like young and then I was like standing up outside the Jeep with my arms in the air like perks of a wallflower moment and then I was just like holy shit I'm in like high school like I'm hanging out with older kids I'm going to concerts and like that like rush was like addictive so that's why I just wanted to keep going to shows as much as I could you kind of just forget like your bills and like all your issues (laughs) when you're in a crowd and then when the lights go off it's like I mean you have your $20 beer which you'll probably regret later but it's just like you know it's an addictive thing because you just like get kind of tuned into some energy that you know it's very positive so uh why this song all the Dave songs this you is chosen. the I have probably 15 or 16 days worth of Dave on my computer so if you type in like crash into me it's like yeah 17 versions ones are like a half hour ones are two minutes and then ones are acoustic ones are electric so that's why it's like such this weird following because it's always evolving but I was like, what is the best song to describe, like, a concert experience? And then I was going through like, so much and consulting people, too, that are Dave heads. And then I finally was just like, Warehouse, Central Park, the crowd's amazing. They were on point at that West Palm, I mean, the uh, the Central Park show because it was a free concert and it was a DVD. So I think they were, like, playing extra hard that night. And... Warehouse is kind of like the door to like becoming a hardcore Dave fan because you have all the radio crap, which is fine for what it is. But then like once you become like kind of a the people that travel around, it's like deadheads just following him. Warehouse is like the ideal song that he plays. You were at that show or no? No, I wasn't at the Central Park show. <laughs> oh, you can feel it. Were you a fan by then? Oh, yeah. I've been a fan since, like, okay. 96, 97. I remember listening to them on my headphones on the walk to, like, my first day of middle school. Last day of middle school, leaving with them on. Driving to high school, last day, them playing. Driving to college, them playing. Like, they've always just been a constant. They being Dave. Yeah. Well, Dave's... You can just go up to someone and be like, Dave? Yes. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> okay, and we're, we're going to listen to it now, but we talked before the show. It's right on the cusp of whether we listen to it all the way through or not, and it's nine minutes and 40 seconds, I think, so we're going to listen to it all the way through. See you guys in Sorry, there. everybody. This is uh, Warehouse by Dave Matthews Band, performed live on September 24th, 2003, in Central Park in New York City as part of the AOL Concert for Schools. I remember that version. <laughs> it made me feel old. <laughs> what was it like with the good headphones? Oh, it was, I mean, that's why I'm feeling old right now. It's because I want to like just jam out. But my son was up at like four this morning. I'm so tired right now. <laughs> it's like odd because, you know, when I was like in my teens and twenties, we would like tailgate after the show and just like stay for the last, you know, song be the last ones out of the stadium, last ones out of the parking lot. But now when I go, I'm like, oh, let's take off during the encore so we can beat traffic. Exactly. And I'm as happy Park as Park like I've, Griswold. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like I left a Tampa stadium once, didn't hit one red light on the way to the highway. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best <laughs> night ever. That was amazing. I remember when my daughter was born and my uh, wife worked nights. I was like, I got to just stay home and go to sleep early. Yeah. Shucks. I loved it, though. I yeah. was so freaking It's weird out. how that happens. Now, like, I hear people like at 8, 8, 8 p.m. Like, what are they doing up at 8 p.m.? <laughs> but, like, meanwhile, when I was their age, I was out to, like, sunrise. You know, I, I like, I, as you heard from the episode from a few weeks ago, I listened to a lot of Bootleg Dave in the early days. Like, I was really lucky to be getting stuff that stuff. was, you know, not 
out, you know, now it's all there, sort mm-hmm. of strangely. Um, but I remember when this one came out, and it was a little too. You could tell they were on their best behavior. You kind yeah. of alluded to that before. You know, it didn't have quite the. Listening to it again, it's like didn't quite have the edge of some of his other live stuff. Yeah, not a well, bad way. He but knew it was he was just probably, he was on his best behavior. They were recording a DVD that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like raising it was for something. It was like AOL something for children. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah so. I Googled it, and it's, it was the uh, AOL concert for schools. Yeah, I was bummed, though, because I remember they were, like, handing out free tickets on, like, every street corner in New York. And I was like, Pfft. But it's like, you know, when you watch it, it's just like the beach balls are bouncing everywhere. Yeah. The cops are jam- jamming out with, like, all the hippies, and it's just, like, such a good time. Um, so when you met your, your wife, the woman who would become your wife, yes. was she a Dave fan? No, oh. I feel so bad. Um, she's like she's gone to a bunch of shows with me, but sometimes she sends you on your own. Yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, lately. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like at the, one of the West Palm shows, I was like, a song was playing for like twenty minutes, and then like he started to do a certain rhythm. I'm like, oh, the song's starting, and she's like, what the hell was that twenty minutes? And I was like, that was just the intro. I'm like, I just felt bad. Where do your ali- musical taste align the most? <laughs> nowhere nowhere i knew the answer um, to that before you said it because the look you made on your face, face. Yeah. yeah so she doesn't she doesn't like like any oldie like almond she likes like or... the most random stuff and then usually i'm like where did you find that and then she's like oh it was on this one movie from like you know something with you know some context that she has in order to like like it um she appreciates dave she appreciates the music that you know, I play a lot of just like classic rock, and she's like, "Yeah, people like that." <laughs> like, okay, but I know that liking music like that is a thing that happens. Yes, um, but yeah, you know, opposites attract, so it worked out what, pretty what, well. What song that that she likes that do you like? Like, is there? <laughs> there was another face. <laughs> there must be something that she plays that you're like, okay, cool, that one's good. Um. See, she likes like good songs, but then redone. So remember, um, there was that weird commercial, and they use that cranberry song. Oh, my life is changing every day. Okay, but like mm-hmm. they made it super mellow, and it was like about oh, like, uh, Phoenix University or, or something. Okay. Yeah, it's and called. It, a, it was, uh, that's like a weird the thing to house, like. The coffee house version of songs. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like. Like they, you know, she likes the songs that get taken and like redone. I'm like, oh, why are you touching that? That's such a classic. Mm-hmm. Just leave it alone. Huh? Um, what song have you listened to the most times in your life? And not just the name of the song, because I know your Dave thing will confuse that. So a particular version of a song. I don't know. I mean, you have to guess. Of I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I've been. Like and then I sing it to my son the Adel Edelweiss song from Sound of Music. Okay, because like you Can know, you give us a little. No, <laughs> no, I was waiting for the karaoke question. We could do that we'll, next. We could do that song. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, this is. I promise, this is not a bid to get you to sing. Which one is the Edelweiss song? Because my brain the, is uh, uh, Captain Von Trapp sings it oh, at the okay, end, okay. and then Maria and then Von Trapp totally steals the show. If you listen to it, she okay. comes out and like starts like going nuts. But How many I, times have you seen that movie? A lot. I, like, even still, it's like we have like the DVDs. You got like a thousand yards stare and you're a lot. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Obviously, I didn't understand the Nazi stuff when I was like yeah, five. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a good soundtrack. Soundtrack's like always on my phone. It was part of me growing up was that yeah. movie for sure. Um, what about other movies that are musicals? Do you have any ones that mm, you like? Not really. I liked 
I don't know if it's considered a musical, but I just watched um, Whiplash like ten mm. times oh, in wow. the last month. Oh, but then, um, yeah, J.K. Rowling, <laughs> J.K. Oh, Simmons. I was going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah J.K. Simmons was. Is I wouldn't insane. have known either. But um, then the same man. people who made that made La La Land, which I like. I liked that. Yeah. So like the that guy's clearly talented, but yeah. Both of those movies like intense. But you know what do you think about what do you think about that theme? I love to hear people talk about this, like the idea that like for greatness you kind of have to sacrifice break a person. Like 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 really, really well, that's like really, so really true, amazing though. people at something are never like super well adjusted and healthy. Well that we talked about that in a class once of like you know, uh, some people are just vessels for the art to flow through. And then, like, all of that, like, art that's just coming out of them can be too much for, like, humans. So, like, they, you know, I mean, look at the 27 Club, Heath Ledger. Like, all of mm-hmm, these people mm-hmm. are just, like, brilliant at a specific thing. And then their body just can't handle it. So they just start, like, you know, killing themselves slowly. Not Broadway musicals. I don't think I've seen any. No? I saw okay. uh, the Nutcracker a couple times. Is that Broadway? I, I don't know. I just meant stage musicals. I don't mean on Broadway. No, I don't I've like, never been to Musicals kind of creep me out, you know? Because mm, What do you mean? Do you if like, it's like a real movie, how does suddenly everyone know the same choreography? And It's magic. I know, but I have to like suspend myself for a second and be like... Yeah, what's the, what's the word for when music does... Is it diegetical? It's, it, there's a word for like when music that's in a movie, let's say a movie, yeah. is actually in the movie. Oh yeah, right? like um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like the soundtrack yeah. is actually happening. But like, and then there's, I'm, I think it's diegetical it, uh, and like non. Uh, so like in a in a musical, a lot of times that music is only for the audience. Yeah, but it's just weird because so, like we're all like they all suddenly know all the same lyrics, and then I like wish they would have like a realistic musical where someone's like constantly trying to like get their right. verse in, but they don't know when it's. I accidentally I thought up flash mobs way back in the <laughs> 80s or something. I didn't uh, accomplish it, but I used to work at the mall in the early 90s, for Edison Mall, at a bookstore. And I used to wish that somehow you could pull that off. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden, like, you know, everyone's just shopping, buying their pretzels. And all of a sudden, like 30 people get up and a song comes on and they all know to play. And I used to daydream about yeah, that. Yeah, we used to do that. And like, but now they kind of, people kind of do that now. I worked retail in Sanibel, which was intense because, you know. People would just tap on the glass and be like pointing at their watch, and yeah. I'd be like, "We don't open for an hour, but I just flew down from Buffalo." Right? Like, oh, oh. <laughs> we're, still, we're still not open. I don't know what to tell you, but I remember like some nights, you know, we'd crank the music a little super loud, and there happened to be like a bar kind of right across the street. So whenever like someone was really like getting asked about a coupon or something that wasn't even for our, our store, <laughs> I'm like, "Guys, I just got to go take a break," and I would just have like a beer and come back. So, like, sometimes we called it Disco Thursdays, I think was the name of it. But we would just turn it up. And then when people come in and they would hear the music, they'd kind of start dancing a little bit. Or I would suddenly yell out 5% off to anyone who sings the next verse. And then people would just start, like, getting with it. And it was, like, a good time. Wow. Um, Speaking of singing, if you did karaoke, what would you sing? Well, Sober Mark doesn't do karaoke. But Drunk Mark. Well, blacked out Mark kind of does karaoke. But it's been, You've been told. A long time. Okay. Um you know, a good 10 years. But um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just like to sing Land, um, Land Down Under. Oh, yeah. When I get... With the flutes. Yeah, I air flute <laughs> during the do 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 Yeah. Um, oh. One time I was, I think I was doing uh, Stairway to Heaven just to like 
do it. And then like I would just sit there on stage like this, and then when the chords start, I would like do this. <laughs> Interpretive and, dancing is what he's doing, listeners. Yes, and um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'll sing with us? I don't have it committed to memory, but I will mumble because I, when you guys, I heard you guys ask this question, I thought, oh my God, the best TV theme song of all time that no one appreciates is, remember Pete and Pete? Yes, I do. Uh, what was that? The Polaris is the name of the band. Mm-hmm. Hey Sandy by the Polaris. Oh, man, you're that, going deep, man. They had like a blind melon vibe yes. that I totally appreciated. And no one ever talks about that song. It was like very nineties. A, a lot. The show was very nineties. Yeah. So so Nickelodeon had like a series of shows. Snick. Snick. Yeah. yeah. They, they had a stable of Pete and Pete. Hey, dude. Um. Um. Alex e- Mack. Alex Mack. Oh, are you afraid short- of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Eat my shorts. Right? Yeah. Salute Ball your Ball. shorts. Salute your shorts. Yeah. Eat my shorts. That's Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> salute. Salute your shorts. Man, those shows were like a powerhouse, yeah. and like if if you grew up anywhere in that era and you watched them, like they stuck. Yeah, like they're, they're real sticky. My sister was always afraid of you were afraid of the dark, but I'd it's, get freaked out by unsolved some, mysteries. Well, those are real. I <laughs> know, but she'd get like I'd make fun of her for being scared of you were afraid of the dark. But then like we'd watch unsolved mysteries, and I'd be like, uh, "Can I sleep in your room tonight?" To like yeah. my parents. So Pete and Pete is a sitcom with like two brothers. I'm gonna leave this to y'all. I might do a David Mayfield scream. This I don't remember any of the words of this. Okay, well, <laughs> we're gonna, maybe I do. Maybe I don't I do. know. I looked up the lyrics this morning. I still don't know them. All right, let's see. Everybody's strange. You're looking happily deranged. Can I get it? You're doing it. Have you flipped a pumpkin? Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. Hey, Sandy. Stop being friend. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> I only remember <laughs> those songs. Song. Ah, yeah, yeah, I've got nothing dude, on like the sick, visual uh, or the audio. Electric guitar solo. I've got nothing. Wait, you were only listening to Moxie Fruvis and not watching any television during this era. Yeah. So there was some good TV true. on back then. I, yeah, TGIF. Did it oh, look yeah. like that? I love TGIF. Uh, well done. You sang. You sang. Thanks. And you're, yeah, you're going to remember doing it. Yeah. It only took, it only took the, the tiniest amount of bourbon. <laughs> what about dancing? Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, at shows, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm right. just going with it. And yeah, yeah. No one's really looking at anyone else, and everyone's just moving as, like, one entity, so it's pretty cool. But, but like, if you're, like, you know, at a bar and there's a dance floor, you're not going to go out there and be Disco Mark. I mean, I'm sure I have. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not, like, planning it. It okay. just kind of happens without. Do you remember the first song you slow danced to when you were a kid? Did that stick? It had to have been a boys to men because it was like, you know, <laughs> 95, yeah. 94, 95 in like white suburbia. Yeah. So, of course, it was like a boys to men song. And I remember it was like, I'm going to call it out. It was Michelle LeBlanc. I haven't talked to her in decades. But it was a plan. People were like saying, are you going to dance with Michelle at the dance tonight? And I was like, I'll dance if she dances. And then people were telling her, Mark wants to dance with what you. What grade were you? Six was right when we started having dances. With with these dances at night still, or no? It was right after school. Dances like at two o'clock, the bell would ring, and then we'd all go into the cafeteria. And which is like looking back now, it's like a total social like get together, like and yeah, you know, get married one day, please. But 
everyone was talking about me and her dancing. And then finally I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll dance if she dances. And I'm like, yeah, she'll dance if I dance. And it then could've... finally, we never talked, though, the entire time about <laughs> it. It was an arranged dance. Yes. <laughs> everyone did. So then finally I think, like, the song came on and I was like, oh, uh, I think we're, like, supposed to dance or something. And, and we, like, danced, you know, very far apart. And I'm like, okay, bye. When the song was off. Did you over. then talk to her later in life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's actually in Florida. I think we Facebooked, like, a few years ago. And I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm lucky enough, I guess, because this whole daytime dance thing, I take it for granted now, but I didn't realize how far back it went, because when I went to middle school, it would have been like the mid-86, 85, 86, totally nighttime dance, like yeah. full-on like a dance. That was like high school, school for us. Middle school was mine, like Mine were at night. Mine were at night. Okay. Yeah. We should create some kind of graphic that shows when the tipping point. You know, happens. you were real close to it being a Savage Garden song. Oh yeah, or I, um, or uh, like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. They were they were like right about. I remember when to, uh, to... Gangsters Paradise yep. by Coolio came yep. out, yep. and like this like white suburb, like upper middle class, were all like oh, and like at the Spheres, <laughs> yeah. and it's like so embarrassing to look back <laughs> at it now. Like, what were we doing? Um, uh, what kind of devices do you use to play music? My iPhone, and I think that's like it. Okay. Um, I still have all. I still order CDs, and then, and then I then you up, rip them. Then I upload them, and then I just put the CD in the closet because I figure I don't know maybe my computer will break one day or something, right. and I'd lose it all. But yeah, underneath my bed, I have like big song books. I, just I do the pick. same thing. I still will get a CD if I'm going to buy it, and then I'll rip it and have it. So, yeah. Sometimes uh, it'll you can just download them once you purchase it. Yeah, like, I think yeah, Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, I like having physical. Like, I guess I'm old school or old, but oh, no, I just what like I mean physically is, having it. No, what I mean is, um, some of them uh, when you buy it on you like, get Amazon, both. yeah, it'll it'll say like download now all the songs. Yeah. So they they mail you a thing, but like it's great to just. Have it. Yeah, I just remember like remember Napster and oh. LimeWire. Oh yeah, and it would take thirty six years for yeah. a second, then it would go down to two seconds, and then sometimes you wouldn't get what you downloaded, yeah. or it'd be like. I could control. walk you both to the exact space and place on this campus. I know where. <laughs> when somebody first told me in a conversation oh. about this new thing called Napster, yeah, and I was like, because I was really into technology, I was early internet adopter, and I was like, I immediately was like, holy shit. You know? Well, looking back now, it seemed like some mad scientist. You walk in, all the computers have the little status bars, uh-huh. and my buddy Brian was doing that. I'm like, "What are you like? That's way too advanced for me. What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm just downloading a song." Yeah, but um, do you use the FM radio in your car to listen to music ever? No, I don't. I listen to. I used to. Um, you know, in Boston, had some good radio stations. And then when I moved here, I didn't really know many. So then I just played CDs a lot. But then the last few years, I don't have a CD player in my car anymore. So I just kind of listen to podcasts. I listen to you guys. Um, WTF, Mark Marin's mm-hmm. podcast, pretty good. I got into like that weird serial killer podcast phase. Mm-hmm. And then I got like freaked out walking my dog at night. So like I stopped listening to that stuff. You know, it's funny. I just realized that so in, in 2010, I was driving a 1995 Jeep, and I had to use the tape adapter. <laughs> and now it's 2020, and I'm driving a 2005 <laughs> Subaru, and it doesn't have Bluetooth, so I'm still stuck with the radio or the CD. I remember my sister's I wonder Jetta. what I'll have in 2040. You'll have an auxiliary cable. <laughs> You'll just be like in your ear or something. I'll have an auxiliary cable. Yeah, you're right. I'll be driving a 15-year-old car with Do you remember when cars had the five CDs you put in the trunk? Yep. Oh, yeah. CDs yeah, you yeah. Put in the trunk. Yeah, I miss those. Uh, okay, it's time for your third song. Oh, my third song. I totally forgot about it. Okay, so I, I like to tell the stories first for context. But um, I have a two-year-old son now, and I mean, whew, nothing anyone 
can say will prepare you for being a parent. Agree. So, I mean, I, I, it took me a while to learn, like, oh, if I just don't know anything, I'll learn something every day. Because I tried to be super prepared, and then, like, that just all went out the window when he was born. And then, like, he was – for some odd reason, we got into this routine where he would take his nap, afternoon naps on me. <laughs> Because I'd walk him, like, you around. You want to try to break that. I know. <laughs> well, it's not. It was, like, the first few months he was born. And we had that, like, strapped to my chest. I would go for walks with him, and then he'd fall asleep. Yeah. So then I'd come in the house, and yeah. I'd, like, lean back slowly and then, like, unbuckle it so he would just sleep on me. And I, when he was born, I made a mix of, like, I didn't want to slam, like, In the Evening or Immigrant Song at him by <laughs> Zeppelin. So I was like, let's just, like, work this kid into, like, some slow stuff. So I had, like... James Taylor, Carol King, Cat uh, Stevens, yeah. Beatles, and just like, you know, good classic rock. And then Dylan's The Times They Are Changing came on, and then um, my baby was asleep on me. And then I just got so scared thinking, like, he wrote this song like 60 years ago, and culture still isn't that changed. Everything could still be applied to what's happening today. And then I'm like, crap, it's like, you know, being a parent is kind of having your heart exposed to the elements. Crap, sorry. You're okay. Um, kind of just exposed to the elements, and then it just scared me. But then Jim Croce's um, I'll Have to Say I Love You in a song came on right after, and it's just so simple and, like, relaxed, and it's not too complex or stressful. And then that song just totally mellowed me out, thinking, like, everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, I just have to love this little baby boy. And I'm going to be like, he's going to be fine. Like, you know, as long as I'm okay, he'll be okay. Don't be too stressed about the culture he's in right now. Like, he has a good family life. Shall we listen to it? Yes, we shall. I just listened to it this morning. Uh, this is, uh, and by the way, the episode we recorded on Friday, this was one of his three songs. Uh, First time that's ever happened. I mean, we've had doubles up before, but never back to back, which is a fun coincidence. Sorry, everybody. No, no, no. They'll be released weeks <laughs> apart. Different stories. This is I'll Have to Say I Love You in a song by Jim Croce, uh, released uh, on his album, I Got a Name. Do you sing to your son? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like every, like even just changing him, like changing your diaper and it's all good. Are you shy about singing in general, but it's not the case with your kid? Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, it was totally the same for me. It was like, yep. It felt like a superpower suddenly. It was like, oh, I could do anything that I want around you because yeah. you're me. Yeah. And plus, I want him to, like, <laughs> yeah, I made you. I want him to, like, get, you know, I want him to hear a song in the house and, like, you know, laughter and stuff. And, you know, I even when he's, like, crawling on the back of the couch, I'm like, I hope he does this forever. Mm. And my wife's like, <laughs> he's going to be 18 years old and doing, like, yeah, screw it. You know what I did? I just told my daughter about this the other day that I had forgotten, but when she was really little, I had a 10, I turned strapping her into the car seat into a 10 step process. And I would count, look her in the eyes, and I would count mindfully to 10 every time for like the first two years, you know, until she wasn't in a car seat anymore. We were looking at each other in the eyes, and I was counting to 10. Hmm. So, oh. That's so sad. Now she's almost 16. (sighs) She's great, though. It's so, she's so great, but. I wish she was little again. Yeah, yeah. we're having way, dad time here. Yeah, your your son's at exactly the age that I miss because two, they're like, they're not. He's a, like changing. Well, they're not like a baby baby. They're like a <laughs> like little tiny into person. A yeah. Werewolf? yeah, you know, like it's hilarious <laughs> watching them like. Do it's stuff. just like he like he liked peanut butter and jelly like last week, uh-huh. then this week I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You like this? Like, who are you? So it's like we're constantly just like trying to adapt to like his like you know. 
he's very picky lately, so it's just stressing me out. Um, <laughs> does he uh, gravitate toward any kind of music or anything? Is he old enough yet? I'm thinking too. Um, kind of. He he really likes. Ses- we watch Sesame Street together every mm-hmm. morning. Um, they have some good music on there sometimes. If is there a song that if you play it, he'll dance? Like he'll just like automatically move. He's obsessed. Do you know the Cuppy song? Cuppy. Yes. I only know the Cup song. It's like no, it's like really <laughs> sweet. He like is obsessed with the Cuppy song. Um he just becomes like a zombie whenever it's on the stairs. <laughs> Are you a, a member of WGCU? I'm not trying to no. do a sales pitch here. No, members have what's called Passport, which is you can watch anything on PBS online, like kind of oh. like Netflix for PBS. Hulu just took Sesame Street off this morning. It's, oh. Yeah, it's on-demand uh, <clears throat> PBS content. And and I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be there. There was a show that Gwen and I used to watch when oh, she was little. Oh, oh and I'm, I'm going to yeah. not cry. Breathe. Um, breathe. Uh, it's called Big World. And it was like this hippie sloth that played a ukulele and lived in a tree. And there were these fish that talked. And it was all musical. And at the end, he would sing a song to the kids watching. But you and I forever will be friends. We'll try to touch the sky where clouds never end. Go find I'll, it. I'll Watch it with your son. Here, let, me, <laughs> let me take. Let me take over. For the, he he sings goodbye because uh, like, at the end of the show, and he puts his hand he puts up his hand up on the, on the screen mm-hmm. so that. And then Gwen would go put her hand. Yeah. on I know. I'm screen. surprised all the children. Like before he was born, I was like oh, Sesame and all that crap. But yeah. now I'm like these are good episodes. I'm like I'm, <laughs> it's totally on way more as his stuff than our stuff now. And that's why she and I first really bonded over SpongeBob when she got to be about. Yeah, you I know, never got into that. Uh, yeah, it's it got a lot of goodness in it. Okay. Uh, if you could learn any instrument instantly, which would it be? I mean, probably the electric guitar, just because, like, when there's, like, an electric guitar solo or, like, a duel or something, like, I just get goosebumps. And, mm. like, that would, be, that would be nice if that could be possible, but it requires work. What's your go-to solo? Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, I listened to Zeppelin on the way here, so... Stairway? Stairway, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would say Stairway. There's a reason for that. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to think, how old would you have been when Wayne's World came out? I was born in 83. Oh, yeah. Hey! Yeah, Yeah. nice. Um, So, yeah. No, we had, I had it recorded on a cassette tape off the TV when it was on. I can't Did you use a talk boy? <laughs> yes, records. really. Yeah, we were to try to do prank phone calls with them too, and it didn't really work. Uh, no, they everybody saw because everybody saw Home Alone too. Yeah. Mark, we're we're buddies. Nice. Like, yeah. like I had a talk boy. Of course, it was my Christmas present. What do you want, talk boy? Oh. So, I'm sad I got rid of it. I don't even know why. Oh, my mind's on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any songs you'll avoid listening to? Oh my god, I'm so happy you asked me this. I hate songs that say rock and roll in them. Oh, because like, I feel like I, wait, like Joan Jett's "I Love Rock and Roll." That's interesting. That is I a like genre Joan Jett, if you look at yes. it from that angle. I mean, I feel like they're exclamation points. Like if you want to have strong words, have strong mm. words. Or don't uh, use very. It's like use the word I, music in a song a lot. Yeah, it's just like you're. you're if you want to rock, then please rock. But when you're saying we're rocking right now, I want to rock. Like my wife's like, so like kiss, and I'm like, I hate every kiss. song. Yeah, I'm sorry if you guys like Kiss, but I just don't like Kiss. And I got um, nothing for Kiss. Wasn't there like that song that Tom Cruise slid out to on that movie? Wasn't that have, it has rock and roll, rock old and, time rock and roll? Um, yeah. So yeah. whenever someone says rock and roll, I'm like, next, like they just ruined it. Huh. Sorry. That's a great answer. Thank like you. Hold on, hold like on, because I'm, I'm trying to. I'm going to find a list here. <laughs> We're just going to songs that say rock and roll. Any of them. 
I saw a funny thing on the internet before the show. Can I pass it along? Yeah. So if if this the lyric goes, "Holy infant, so tender and mild," that implies there is a chewy and spicy infant. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm just killing time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so here's a word. Okay, this might be the worst version then, because Skrillex has a song called "Rock and Roll Will Take You to the Mountain." Yeah, which oh, I'm awful. sure doesn't even have. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, well, kiss, kiss, kiss. These are all kiss songs. Um, rock and roll is back again. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, Spirit of '87 by Rancid. Nope. <laughs> uh, John Lennon, rock and roll people. Oh, I mean, I might have to make an exception. Okay. Um, uh, rock and roll women by White Snake. <laughs> yeah. No. See, they're all like the same kind of genre. Uh, oh wait, so then um what about ACDC? I was just singing that in my head right I'm now. I'm an 83 kid and ACDC is kind of like like yeah, really I know. Solid I was just me. singing that in my head thinking, well, that might be an exception, but I don't know. Arena rock, you're generally against, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are there any albums that you just have to listen to all the way through? Yeah. Um well, Dave's Crash album you know, you can just let that. Thing Is that your go. favorite studio album? Of his? I mean, it's probably had the greatest effect on my life, but I don't know if it's like my favorite. Right. But like, you know, I love those albums that you can just hit play on number one and mm-hmm. just let it go. Guster, do you know that band? I, second time it's come up in about a week, but I, I don't saw know them at a all. few times. Danny um, Black mentioned Guster as an influence. Yes, he He's. I, I met them at the ho- at um, the House of Blues. I met them at uh, the airport by accident once, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're Guster." Um. You meet a lot of bands. It's always out? total accidents too. I also got handed tickets once to Foo Fighters and Weezer by like a kid I like. That's a concert, into. man. Yeah, wow. it was really good. Um, that was at St. Pete Times Forum. So like, I've just happened to been in the right place at the right time for like a lot of things. If you were a championship wrestler, what would be the song you came in on? You might have to like hit pause for a second with that one. Um, no. Walk along the river. Oh, Blue Sky by the Almond Brothers. Oh, nice. It's just very positive and like, you Blue know. Sky, Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky, no, that's, Blue no, Sky. That's no. Okay, 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 you are Blue right. Sky. Sorry, I was. It's mis- like super positive. You can't be bummed when that song's on. It's like, you know. Don't you want your opponents to be intimidated well, a little bit? I could like bit? trick them. <laughs> I see. It's reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, cocktail or drink? What, uh, what would you be? I mean, just in my mind, my go-to beer is Yingling, but I don't really oh, drink man. much anymore. So well. Nice. <laughs> well, for our for our, no, for if, our cocktail if you catalog, were a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just be a Yingling? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be. Uh, I mean, you gotta garnish it in a way that is it, it uh, in a bottle or a can? Bottle. Yeah. Uh, with course. a koozie or poured out. I've been using my uh, my koozie from Key West lately because so we just moved into a new bottle neighborhood. Koozie. B- bottle koozie. Bottle with Yingling. a koozie. It's a Irish Kevin's koozie from Key West. Beautiful. Send make, us a picture. Makes of it. it good. Um, uh, if you had to pick one album of Dave's that you could listen to for the rest of your life, but have to get rid of all the rest, what would it be? It'd probably just be Crash. Okay. It's like you know, it kind of set the tone for the rest of it. It's the foundation. Um, band or musician you've most recently gotten into? Um, I like oh, it's a Tame Impala. They're pretty good. Some of the students introduced them to me, and then you know that band, Richard. You might know them. They sound just like Led Zeppelin. Hmm. 
they got like Smoke Mountain or something. Or is that Black the, Smoke Mountain? Uh, is that yeah, it? Let's, let's, I don't know them. They're pretty good. They were on Saturday Night Live like a few. I like the idea though while I look for this that somewhere somebody got super offended that you said they sound just I know. like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> no, I've like brought it up in class to students of like, do you guys think uh, they sound Black like... Black Smoky Mountain. Uh, no, I'm just Googling no. bands that sound like Zeppelin. They have a... Wait, that might be the name of the song. Black Smoke Rises. I think that's the name of the song. Black. Um, Greta Van Fleet. Yes. Oh. Greta Van Greta, Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. That okay. looks. That's. Uh, it's, that's like a Fox News announcer. Do you though, know them? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know them? No. no. They're really. Well, I, I, I'm sure that if I heard, I'm terrible. Like with like discography. No, they're like, really good. You'll I like might them. Know them by sound. I saw them on Saturday Night Live, and I was like, "Holy crap, these kids are good." Um, and then I asked students about it, and they're they're all into it. Well, let's listen to it a little bit. Yeah. That Black Smoke Rises is one of their best ones. Uh, I downloaded their album, but I just keep listening to that one. Here's a live version. Yeah, you can tell me Bad. if it sounds like Zeppelin. Oh, Our YouTube is so slow. Drunk on power. You just made me the arbiter of if something sounds like Led Zeppelin or not. <laughs> Sorry. Well, when you Google it, it's, it comes up. In, Fair. It, even yeah. in a larger font. Yeah. Like, it's so sure of the answer. <laughs> Good start. He kind of stands like him. He does. Alright. Yep, they're making new Zeppelin. Yeah, that's uh, Zep- Zeppelin E. I'll reserve. Yes. I, re- I, I will. I reserve the rest of my judgment until I hear a solo in the middle of a song because yeah. that's how you can really tell if it's. They're pretty good, <laughs> and they kind of yeah. dress like Zeppelin too. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, they are definitely leaning into the Zeppelin esqueness. Yeah. Zeppelin esqueness. Um, okay, uh, what was your process for choosing songs? I know you said it was hard. And you've been thinking you know, about it for like a long time. Hilarious. Did I'm you have sure. some that you thought you had settled on like a year ago that you? Yeah, just <laughs> this is my original list from two years ago because when my son was born. And then um, Dr. Brock was on. I was like, oh. And then I started listening to them all on, like, our walks. And then when I'd lay down, uh, when he slept on me. And I was debating. And I'm like, oh, these three. And then for the last two years, I kept changing them. But I keep coming back to these three. So then, like, you know, last week when we were talking, it was the exact same list. Except instead of Jim Croce, it was Dylan. But I didn't want to be all negative of like, oh, the times they are changing just effed me up because <laughs> the culture hasn't changed. Yeah. And so then I, can I, t- I, I was going to mention this uh, before when you when you talked about that. I just didn't want to step on the song, but um, it could be because you had mentioned there's not been a lot of change or it still applies from when he wrote it. I would say that really all that means is that the thing that is constant is that the times are always changing. Like even if things were really different from back then. But they're still going to change because yeah. change is like is constant. inevitable and constant. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, my bumper sticker is one human family. And I'm kind of like an old school hippie, so <laughs> I'm like, you know, why can't we just all, you know, learn from other cultures? That's why all the literature I teach is from some other culture, just because I want, you know, empathy, understanding. You know, there is no better or worse. We're all just one 
you know, we're all in this together. I think, not to get philosophical, but I think sort of the chaos that we're seeing across the world is sort of the dying pains of the old because the kids growing up these days, you know, kids these days, <laughs> they, um, they're growing, the digital natives are growing up to where other doesn't mean what it used to. Just, yeah. you know, yeah, other used to mean geography and then it became culture and then it became yeah. religion and, and, but they're growing up in a world where this, they don't get that, you know, unless somebody's teaching them that. It's so. funny too, because the other in literature is always the voice of reason. It's like Shakespeare's fool. It's like yeah. the person always saying like, but they're always just ridiculed and ignored because of their otherness. Well, cheers to the fools. Um, okay, your son's going to listen to this someday. Yes. Do you want to give him a little something? I love you, buddy. And that's my best I, friend. That, that's yeah. all I need. I miss him right now. I haven't been away from him this long in a, a long time. Oh, um, well, thank you for then thank doing you that. For having I totally me. understand what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are here? Here? He'd probably be very proud of me, him, himself, me. Um, you know, there was, you know, the 20s, I was just out every night, you know, going to parties, having fun, going to Key West, going to concerts, sleeping on couches. And that was fun, and I'm glad I went through it, but I learned a lot from it. But he probably wouldn't be happy with that. But I've kind of always just wanted to be married with a family and settled. So, like, now, you know... Taking the trash out to the end of the driveway, like, I enjoy it. Like, because, you know, it, it feels comfortable and kind of safe and boring, and it's perfect. That's, like, what I've always wanted. Uh, that sounds really great. Um, okay, it's time for you to recommend three people. Okay. And then, and then we're going to give you the hard question. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Lori Cornelius, do you know her? I she, don't know her, but she, I know of her. She works in the writing, de- um, writing department, creative writing. Okay. She teaches comp. She's an amazing human being. She's okay. like t- totally just um, taking over Mangrove Review. And like, okay. She's an amazing human and she has so many good st- – like there's never – like these three people are amazing and there's never enough time for me to have like proper story exchanges with them because like, you know, responsibilities. But I would love for her to be in here. Um, Jade Del- uh, De- Dellinger. Yeah, yeah. I know Jade. Yeah. Um, he's the director of the Rochburg Gallery yeah, at FSW. Yeah. He wrote the biography on Devo. Hmm. Oh, I cool. um. Yeah. It, it suddenly occurs to me that I can't believe he hasn't been on yet. I know. Like, like and I'm the one who gets to decide. That's so. why I know. So that's why I wanted him in here. He has the most amazing stories. And then I'm always like, dude, I gotta go because I have to go teach a class or something. But he's a ma- an amazing person too. And also Ali Glorioso. She's a family friend. Um, she owns a private mental health practice. She's just an amazing human, and I thought, like, I had music trivia down and stories, but, like, whenever we were, you know, before COVID, whenever we'd kind of have just, like, gatherings, she would just school me on, like, music trivia, and she's like, oh, I saw that concert, I was at that concert, so she'd be an amazing person. These three people are, like, some of my three favorite people. You should also send her Beautiful. to, to No Nonsense. Oh, yeah. The, do, you, do you know the known, uh, no, no, K-N-O-W nonsense podcast? No. Oh, it's, it's two of our former guests host it together. It's a trivia-based podcast, and they're getting pretty big. You should yeah, check it out. They do it every week. I've heard you guys mention it. Yeah. We, we were on it, and then reciprocally, of course, they were on this, yeah. I, that was when I demonstrated my, my complete lack of knowledge of Canada, despite <laughs> an affection for it. And I missed, I missed a Queen Amon trivia question despite making those pastries probably every other week <laughs> uh, okay, okay time right. for your oh, hard man. question okay, go richard go. your turn all right mark oh it's um, the one yeah so for the three songs that you brought for us today you have to choose for one of them to be guaranteed um continued listening and um 
familiarity with the future. Uh, people will always be aware of it. It will never fall away into kind of, you know, of the abyss. The second one is something that is a song that you own. It's the only song you get to listen to for the rest of your life. So this is the only music you get to have. And then uh, the third is you erase this song from having been written, created, recorded, all of that. All right. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, go. <laughs> I think I, I mean, I don't want to be net, have like favorites, but I think I could delete Jim Croce. He has a glorious mustache, but <laughs> he does. I, the song is just very steady. The entire it starts the same, it ends the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has plenty of other work. That, did you know that that was released after he died? Yeah, I Whoa, just learned that. I did not. I didn't even know Friday. much about him until like I started like looking up all. Of, he has some really good songs, yeah, and then yeah. I, re- I learned he died, and then I was like, oh crap, this guy is like you know. Oh, he has a, a, a biography I ordered. It's in the stack of books on my wall, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, the song everyone could hear forever, mm-hmm. and I can't delete it. Uh, probably just be warehouse because it's like you know, it's jammy. It's always, it puts me in a positive mood. I mean, you guys should go to a concert because like I've been, I've been, yeah. to, I've maybe been to five. Yeah, I might have seen you there. <laughs> the $30 beers. Oh, I haven't been to one for a long time, though. Um, and then if I had to always hear one, is that the other one? And I'm trapped with it yeah, forever. Yeah, the only song. Yeah. God of Wine. Because it has, like, quiet. It escalates to jam. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe I could just, you know, keep repeating the beginning if I wanted to be mellow. Keep jamming out if I want to hear the end. So it's kind of like two songs in one. So I'd probably just listen to that one. Okay. And last question I forgot to ask. How many books do you have? Oh, I have a glorious bookshelf what is the ratio of books owned to books read 50 50 50 50 that's good for for a big collection that's good yeah except my top three shelves of the bookshelf are all books my bottom three shelves are all baby toys yes (laughs) i don't want him to like you know try to reach uh is uh is there somewhere somebody people if they want to read your short stories where they can do that um, like online or anything? Yeah, like you could just Google me and write a short story. I'm sure something will pop up. Um, a lot of it's in print. There's a few online. Um, I just got a book review um, picked up. It'll be out probably in a month on John McNally. You know him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I reviewed his newest short story collection. And they're going to pay me for it. I've awesome. never been paid cool. for writing before. Congratulations. Thank you. Any final thoughts? Oh, I love what you guys do. Like, I think music and stories are two of the most important things like we have to like better understand and empathize with each other. So the fact that you guys are hosting a podcast that does both of them and like you guys have the best. Like I was talking to people, they like they have the best job because they get <laughs> people's real humanity, but they also get to jam out too at the same time with them. Yeah, we don't know how we get to do it. But no. We just yeah. keep Cheers. doing it. Out great. Cheers. Cheers. I appreciate it. Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. And Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and periodic host. Chris Duffus is our executive producer and our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back to our last live audience show before the pandemic. Remember live in-person shows? Here's hoping we get to do those again soon. In the meantime, we can listen back to episode 96 with Lee Bretschneider at the Palace Pub and Wine Bar as he recounts for the entire audience what it feels like to be stuck in a place and to be kind of happy about it. This is Stuck in Florida by Kylan Bretschneider. 
I had just recently moved back to Florida in the previous few years, so I really identified with the lyrics on top of it all. I was like, I identify with the song uh, because it's about this like strange relationship that we have as Floridians where we're down here uh, kind of at the tip and like not a lot of uh, bands and stuff want to come through here, so it seems like the rest of the world is out there in the rest of the United States, and you kind of want to go out there, and then you find yourself back here, you know. And I've, I've come to accept it. I love Florida. I don't want to leave Florida. I, I think it's great. And especially this community that we have here in Southwest Florida is just amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and all these talented people that we have here, like my wife. New England broke my heart So I decided to depart So I drink and have it cheap the liars and the creeps are the company I keep. Cause now I'm back in Florida and the sunshine warms my heart. I'll take it easy for a while to fix my lost and broken parts. I'll lay around, I'll paint the town, and maybe now I'll get it right this time around. Get myself off the time on three song stories he stands up and he starts shaking and he starts walking around the stage while i'm singing like his knees are weak and literally i'm peeing in my pants i mean water's coming out of every orifice of my body and i see this girl get up just give me the evil eye and she storms out of the club